guys and welcome to another episode of Tea Talks with Kuru, where you get to listen to some pretty good book reviews while also learning about one of the most famous beverages in the world, tea. I'm your host, ex Kuru, and today we'll be starting off season 2 of Tea Talks with Kuru by jumping into a book that's basically Spicy Disney. Yeah, I said Spicy Disney. So Katie Roberts deemed it necessary to bless us with a smutty Disney telling. It's new, it's bold, and something I'd actually never considered. So kudos to her for that. The Wicked Villain series is a five-book series, each exploring a different, popular Disney story. They all take place in the same world, which is um, Carver City, and they have to, I have to say, some of them will make your eyes pop with the direction they take. But before I shock your dear hearts with her, let's get to our tea of the day in. Today it's Assam Black Tea. Assam Tea Gardens follow their own time called the Tea Garden Time. The sun rises much earlier in the north, in the northeastern states of India. Now, while the Indian government hasn't sanctioned a separate time zone for Assam, the tea plantations of this region have been following following a separate time standard for over 150 years. Wow. Known as the Chai Bagan time or Tea Garden time, this regulation of time was put in place by the Britishers and other plantation owners. This was done to make sure that tea plantations can fully utilize the daylight hours and work at maximum efficiency. Right, so back to the spicy Disney series. The first book we're talking about is Desperate Measures, and this is Jasmine and Jafar's story. Yeah, Jasmine and Jafar. In this book, Aladdin, or Ali, as he's referred to, He's horrible, just horrible. Set in Carver City, Jasmine Sarah's father has just been killed and his empire overtaken by his former second-in-command, Jaffa. Now he owns everything Sarah phoned, including Jasmine, and the two have been in a cat and mouse game ever since Jaffa began working for her father. Side note, Jaffa began working for Sarah with the intention of taking over his empire because he saw Saraf as a weak leader who was only concerned with amassing his own wealth and didn't care for his people, which is a downside to any good leader. Right, so on to the context of this book. This book is heavily influenced by BDSM, so we have teams like Dombrot Relationships, Kingplay, Exhibition, and Consensual Non-Consent, to name a few. Carver City is home to the Underworld, a sex dungeon run by the infamous Hades. He deals in favors, famous for their steep price, and his club is a neutral territory for all the big ballers in the city. Most of their business is conducted while they indulge in pleasures of the flesh. Now, Jasmine is leading a heavily sheltered life, so all these vices, while present in her books, will lead out in front of her for the very first time. So naturally, she was overwhelmed for a bit. Anyway, so we get to follow Jasmine along as she emerges from her sheltered life and actually grow into her skin as a confident and powerful figure in Carver City, even though that wasn't her original intent, because Jasmine is the blood daughter of Seraph, and Seraph was quite prominent. He ruled his own territory in Carver City. So, see, Jafar held her trust fund over her head. She couldn't access this until she turned a certain age. But then the problem of actually surviving everyday life when she got that trust loomed over Jasmine because she wasn't accustomed to normal living. She didn't know how to do groceries, her own bills. She wasn't even legitimately sure how to access her trust fund from the bank when she had accessed it. So acknowledging how severely ill-equipped she was to handle a normal life, 
Never mind the madman, Ali, that her father sold her to, was looking to steal her back. She opts to stay with Jaffa, the lesser of two evils. But we see her slowly start to weather from being trapped in what was essentially another gilded cage. Another she wants out. So she accepts the hand that Meg Omegara, who is Hades' partner, extends her way. And like I said before, Hades deals in favours, but usually those favours come with really steep prices. However, Ali had made a deal with Hades before, hence Jasmine is kind of betrayed in that sense and passed into Ali's grubby paws. At this point, Jasmine snaps. She's been passed from man to man for most of her life, and she's fed up with the men in her life constantly using her as a pawn in their games. So first her father, with how he cultivated her to be sold off into marriage, then Jafar's war prize to cement his coup d'etat, and then Ali, because he thought he owned her because his fa- her father had be- had um, sold him, sold Jasmine to Ali. So naturally, a sharp princess stashes a leather opener in her sleeve and slashes Ali's truth at dinner. Bated in his blood, she offers an ultimatum to her father's men, kneel or leave. Obviously, they kneel to their new queen. Now, I think this is such an important sitting point in the book. She recognizes that under Jafar, no matter how much she loves him or he her, she'd never be seen as his equal by himself or the denizens of this, of Kava. So, Jasmine finally takes control of her life. That's, it's what, that's how symbolic her killing Ali is. Didn't hurt that she got to take some revenge too. So she seizes what's essentially her birthright and offers the same ultimatum to Jafar, who had rushed to save her when he learned of Hades' deal with Ali. Unsurprisingly, he kneels, saying that pride would cause him to lose the only woman he loved. So I think there were a lot of nice themes here. It was a very unconventional book, very unconventional themes. I remember the first time I read it and I opened it up my jaw was to the floor. I was like, wow, this is quite different, but it works. The fact that it works blew my mind more than the content of it, honestly. So I think it's different. I think it was a really good way to like explore these new themes uh, because, I mean, it's relatively safe. The most you're going to do is get a little shock. Unless you have heart problems, then, you know, make sure somebody didn't with you in case you faint from how shocking some of the... um themes that but honestly it was a good book it was a nice plot i enjoyed it it was cute and it was different i didn't think that disney movies could take such a dark and spicy turn but mr roberts um but katie roberts did it they're actually a husband wife duo um i remember reading that somewhere so i think that's cool too you know anyway so I recommend this book if you're looking for a little spicy, um, cutesy kind of thing. It, it, it does get dark, obviously. Um, most of the books in her series get dark, but it's a really... The plot is intricate, and I enjoyed it. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you for tuning in, and if you feel so obliged, give me a follow on Instagram at Guru. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcasts, as well as the Acast platform. So thanks for listening, and I will see you next time.